the Braves' hot streak comes to a crashing halt. It's baseball, and you're gonna, have, you know, you just have to fight through it, and you know, like we do all year. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, this is the Braves Report presented by Kroger, the podcast that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black. Our AJC Braves beat reporter Justin Toscano is taking a couple of well-earned days off. So coming off the bench is Gabriel Burns. He's our features writer. And uh, Gabe, the good news is the Braves did go 4-3 and during this tough week, but the Padres came to play. Yeah, this was a heck of a game to come back to, right? Uh, <laughs> it reminds me of some of those long days on the beat. This one, I mean, they got walloped. A really tough day for Dylan Dodd, but look, they've got the Reds and the Royals coming up. They're going to get healthier. They're going to be fine. All right, coming up, we will talk about everything that went right and a lot that went wrong this week, plus why Dylan Dodd is still confident despite getting knocked around. We'll also discuss Ron Lacuna's terrific start. And even though Justin is off this week, we did get a lengthy Ask Justin segment recorded before he went on vacation. So we got a lot of questions to answer about the team and the injuries that are starting to pile up. This is your first time listening to the show. We're happy to have you. And please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution presented by Kroger. Go digital and save even more with Kroger. Create an account on the Kroger app or website and start saving big with exclusive digital coupons visit kroger.com slash sign up to get started that's kroger.com slash sign up ocean breeze tropical beach pina colada you can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise or better yet you can point your car toward daytona beach and come experience the real thing visit daytonabeach.com to discover all there is to see do and enjoy along the world's most famous beach daytona beach florida beach on all right like we mentioned justin's off this week but to stick around the entire back half of the show was pretty much going to be the ask justin segment because got a lot of your questions to answer also a lot of injury updates to deal with so justin will come back in and join us there but we'll go ahead and dig into what happened this weekend and and gabe i know most of our listeners are are familiar with your work but we got a lot of new people that have joined the podcast this season and you're certainly no stranger to this beat you've been on the been on the field been in the clubhouse for many years and you basically taught justin everything he knows (laughs) yeah justin's doing an awesome job job uh for those who don't know i took over the braves beat at the ajc uh midway through 2018 uh, and i stayed on through the world series in 2021 and thanks to retirements on our staff i had the opportunity to move into a new role which I'm, where i'm covering everything and i absolutely love it and justin's doing a great job for us so it's worked out for everybody and, you know, I don't know how many people have really uh, had more success with their teams on, you know, a stint as a beat writer than I did. Just nothing but division championships. And then I went out on top. So I consider myself pretty fortunate for that. But it says very small on the flags that are that are we're in the, we're in the press box here at Truist Park on the flag. It says a very tiny font. Gabe was here on those five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where would they have been without my exactly. stint as beat writer? Uh, no, but uh, it's... I'm still obviously I'm out here a lot and and if you're listening you know if you're a fan of the other Atlanta teams or not you know how big of a deal the Braves and Georgia are in this market and really anything that happens with the Braves is about the biggest story of the day so it's it's always good to uh, still be out here and there's, there's never a shortage of content when it comes to the Braves. 
And this uh, this new role kind of allows you to step back and look at bigger picture a little bit, so we'll talk about that in this episode some. But Braves had all the momentum in the world after beating the Padres in that uh, walk-off home opener, but they have not won since. You're going to go through those ruts. I mean, we had a pretty good start, you know, pretty good first week, and and now it's it's kind of it's baseball, and you're going to have you know you just have to fight through it, and you know, like we do all year. That's what we do for six months, is is um, is fight through that. And it's kind of, you know, what a normal season is. It's never, it's not going to be easy. It's never going to go how you planned. You know, you're going to be going good, and all of a sudden, you know, a couple games happen, and you know, you just, you just got to keep fighting through it, and, and um, come out tomorrow and, and prepare, and and because that's, you know, it can happen in the reverse too, real easy. After the way things started this week and what we saw on Thursday, I was kind of thinking, hmm, over under 110 wins. And then Atlanta kind of got it handed to him in the next three. Yeah, Joe, you know, baseball has a way of doing that. This really is – it's such a cliche, and what Snit said is such a cliche. And if you follow the sport, you've heard it over and over and over again. But isn't it true? Like that first week, I'm sitting here going, oh, my God, you know, the Dodgers won 111 games last year. Could the Braves do that this year? You yeah. start thinking all kinds of crazy things, with, especially after they sweep St. Louis, who we all agree is, you know, the clear-cut favorite in the Central. So you come back here, you play a really good team in the Padres, and you kind of get it handed to you. You get your teeth beat in. It was it was a rough series. I mean, the one game you won was, you know, a comeback, you know, walk-off and – but they've had look again. This team is not at full strength, and the reality is they're six and four, which is fine. And three of those four losses have been with Dodd and Schuster pitching, and these are guys who are simply just figuring things out as rookies. And this, they're going to get Kyle Wright back. They're going to get Max Freed back. Again, they're going to be fine. Those two rookies did get exposed a little bit by one of the best lineups in the game. He's just going to have to learn how to maneuver through one of them nights. I mean, it's not going to be easy. They're they're learning on the job, and, and um, <laughs> it's a tough sledding in this league. And and they'll you know they'll make their adjustments and learn. And, and um, the only way to do it is keep you know is to throw them out there and and figure out things and making pitches, how important it is, things like that. Um, you know, it's just it's going to be a total learning experience all year. I guess it should be no surprise that of the 25 earned runs Brave starters have allowed this season, 16 of them, two-thirds have come from Schuster and Dylan Dodd. 16 runs in 18 innings. And that, and you also have Dodd, who had a great start yep. in St. Louis. So you look at those numbers. I mean, not, not everybody is Spencer Strider. Not everybody is Mike Soroka. Sometimes it takes guys time to figure it out. And I think in the case of both of these guys, we've seen some velo dips. The stuff is not – excellent it's not going to blow you away and Dodd tonight was an example of a guy who just didn't really have an answer he said he figured out a little something with a change up later he thought he needed to use that more early he just he couldn't have they were teeing off on him the pitch that Grisham hit out was a 89 mile per hour fastball right that's not going to get it done right no that, that's not so they're not at the point and they just don't they're frankly they're just not the level of talents who are just going to blow people away and so they there's a lot that they need to learn and there's a lot that they will learn as they continue to get these opportunities and Dodd knows he got taken to school a little bit I've proven myself you know I think I belong here um but at the same time I think there's a bunch of areas in the game that I can still improve on um, and I think that's the most exciting part so what does he need to improve on uh, you know I think it becomes pitch development um, and creating you know swing and miss opportunities um, you know I've done a great job at coming here and filling the, the zone up um, but there's times you know 
I think today I had, you know, a few O2 hits, you know, that really got me. And yeah, it was a strike, but it's not, you know, where I wanted it to go. I got I got to give him credit. He watched the Padres run around the bases all night long and he says I belong here. Yeah, uh good for him having the confidence. Uh he he was really impressive. You know, I was only down at spring training for a week this year, but I really got the sense talking to him. He's just a really impressive guy. Seems to have his head on straight. Mature guy. You know, 24. He's older. You know, you look up some of these guys are debuting so young, especially around here, right? 24 is a pretty old for a rookie in Atlanta, but I think he'll figure things out. It's just a matter of, you know, what's going to be the ceiling with this type of pitcher. I think that's going to be an interesting conversation moving forward. But but we're not – the Braves don't need to be worried about that right now. Their big worry is just getting starters who can cover innings while some of these guys are down. Braves had a four and three week against seven or against two teams that are very much playoff contenders. Do you count that as a successful week all in all? Yeah. I mean, that's the bottom line, right? The bottom line is your record. And we can do the whole your record. You know, you are what your record says you are. The bottom line is you sweep the Cardinals, you come back. This was a disappointment. You should have at least split. And look, when you're playing a four game series at home, you want to win three out of four. But Overall, it's just when you when you take it with context, when you consider the pitchers that were used, when you consider everything that's gone on, they're fine. And and gone on is kind of a, a mounting uh, all star <laughs> injured list: Harris, Darno, Freed, Wright, McHugh, Iglesias, and in AAA, Ian Anderson. Yeah, man. Oh my gosh, they there there's a lot of guys down right now. <laughs> there's, yeah. there, there's I mean to put it bluntly and but here's the good news is these guys aren't supposed to be down for a long period of time so you just have to look at it glass half full and say we can manage and I think it, I think the Reds are coming at the perfect time the Royals are coming at the perfect time and <laughs> the Cavalry's here two of the worst teams in baseball yeah yeah and that helps and you know maybe you can go five and one in that stretch right I mean you're just flat out far better than these teams even with your guys down so the one thing that the Braves have done a great job of since 2018 is really managing injuries right every year there's something and they just they figure it out and they will again and frankly you can never control when this stuff happens but if you are going to have injuries mount early April is really about the best time that can happen unfortunately it won't be too much longer till the Braves see the Padres again but at least Tatis will not be there yeah yeah they'll maybe they'll see him in the NLCS are these are these do you, do you put the Padres right up there with the Braves among the top three in the National League? You know, when we did our prediction podcast with Justin, both of us picked the Padres in the NL West. I picked them to win the NL. Uh, I don't want to be dismissive of the Dodgers, and the Dodgers have been fine. They're already getting like a guy like James Outman is off to a nice start. Jason Hayward, all of a sudden, of course, you know, he Fines starts. Picks yeah, he does there. <laughs> yeah. Of the, you could see that one coming from a mile away. So. Look, we'll see. I think the Dodgers are going to have something to say about it. Um, I just the Cardinals right now are not there. They could be there by season's end. A lot of things change over the course of six months, but and of course the Phillies got off to kind of a bad start, and the Mets are you know injuries and they're trying to figure their own thing out. But certainly, I think that right now, if I had to make a prediction, I think the Braves and Padres are the two best teams in the NL. One of the highlights I do think that that we have seen this week out of Orlando Arcia's work is that of Ronald Acuna. Happy for him that he's got his legs under him and can use all of his tools and his skills and you know play the game the way he's accustomed to playing it, which is full bore. And, and um, it's got to feel good for him to hit, just have his legs under him. And he had another stolen base on Sunday nights. That's four in the week. How can you put into words, I guess, how happy you feel this year to be fully healthy versus last year when it was really frustrating for you? I previously mentioned spring training. I'm 100% healthy this year, and it's just 
extremely different because I'm not battling any pain and the routine is completely different and, uh, you know, I can focus on that. As to the Braves interpreter, Franco Garcia with uh, Ronald Acuna and Gabe, you've seen all evolutions of Ronald. You've, you saw rookie Ronald. You saw, all, saw all-star Ronald. You've seen injured Ronald. How good is this Ronald? Uh, pretty freaking good. Is an 80 steel pace good, Jay? <laughs> that's, that's not I'll, bad. I'll ask you that. You know, it's funny with Ronald. First 80-80 uh, guy? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, my, the, his When he was called up, he was called up in Cincinnati in 2018. It was actually my first road trip. I was a backup beat writer <laughs> at that point. First ever road trip. Huge news breaks that night. He's getting called up. I got to cover his first. So I really have watched this kid from the minute he debuted in person to what he's doing now. Uh, truly a spectacular talent, and we're seeing that. We're, I mean, this is it. We've we've been waiting. Obviously, the injuries have been there, and it can take a while to you know get your confidence back, feel fully healthy. We've all talked about it with him, but this is just truly an electric, really one of a kind type talent. And you know, they won the World Series without him, but it almost sometimes feels like he's a, underrated at this point and what i mean by that is nationally everyone's talking about you know julio rodriguez and wander frank you can go through all of these names and it almost feels like acuna's old news because he debuted so early uh but he's still really young and he's still really good and now that he's now that he's healthy and feeling comfortable this is i I think we're probably looking at a season where it's like oh yeah guys don't forget how great i am and that's really a good thing for the braves but it's almost been like you know three years since we have seen how great ronald is over a full season because we had the dumb 2020 year which doesn't count and then he got hurt halfway through 21 and you know last year he just wasn't quite himself well don't say it doesn't count to the la fans they, they've got the <laughs> lakers and dodgers they're not gonna want to hear it fair enough uh yeah you're right it does feel like it's been a while and that's why he's. It's a kind of an out of sight, out of mind thing to some extent, especially in the world. In the case of the twenty one season, when you win the World Series without him, but man, uh, he he feels like he's in for a monster year. And if, if that's the case, then you know the Braves are just going to be that much better off. Have you? Did you see anything this week that gives you any kind of pause at all about what you think the Braves are? You know, no. And I say that because kind of we've got reinforcements coming here where it's like, I don't want to be too concerned about these guys. The rotation is not great right now. I think we can agree on that. But it's also down a 20-game winner and an ace, the runner-up for the Cy Young Award, right? So the offense, the bottom of the order is not great. Marcelo Zuna – is play he's just atrocious right now i i mean it's it's not very good he's leading the league in booze that's that's yeah i mean he just he has to be better than this so there's stuff like that where you you look up and down the roster and there's concerns overall i just at this point given the circumstances given what we know i'm not concerned but there are some things that if they continue to linger if you wind up with you know more injuries in the rotation or if you wind up obviously the you know your left field situation we'll see there's different things, but in general, especially with the way that Orlando has played it short, I don't really have any long-term concerns. All right, speaking of reinforcements coming up, we'll bring in Justin Toscana, who will update you on all the Braves' injuries and uh, who may be coming when. Plus, we're going to take a little extra time for the Ask Justin segment, and Gabe will come back for our winners of the week. This is the Braves Report for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. 
We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. All right, welcome back to the Braves Report. And if you're starting to feel baseball fever now and feel like you're not quite as caught up as you need to be on everything happening with the Braves, well, please join our community here at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and become a subscriber. We've got a great opportunity right now for you to give us a shot. Unlimited digital access for the next three months for 99 cents. That's it. So you can see everything that Justin writes. You can read all of our great columns, read all of the feature stories from Gabriel Burns. Plus, you get access to our newsletters, including the Braves Report, including Bradley's Buzz from uh, legendary columnist Mark Bradley. Of course, we've got uh, the terrific e-paper as well, where you can see all of our great photos, layouts, get more information there. You get all that just for subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for 99 cents for the next three months. So to take advantage of this deal, go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast and subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. All right, a happy Easter, and Justin is taking a couple of well-earned days off, so it wasn't available after the game on Sunday, but we did record this after Saturday night's game, which is why you hear all the blowers going on in the background, so we could get Justin's take on what's happened this week. And uh, Justin, you know, we've been asking for feedback on the podcast from our fans, which uh, you can take our survey in the show notes right now. And one thing they asked for is more Ask Justin. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, among the... Topics uh, for feedback that I could have expected we would have gotten, that probably wasn't one of them. That wasn't forefront of my mind, but uh, I guess, you know, ask Justin and uh, you shall receive from Justin. All right, so we will do an extended Ask Justin segment, but uh, first, a couple of injury updates, and, and we'll start with how hurt Travis Darno is after his collision on Saturday. Yeah, um, Travis Darno is going to go on the concussion uh, IL. When you're listening to this, he's all probably already been placed on it. It was on the collision with Rugnet Odor um, at home. Matt Olson's throw went a little glove side. Travis reached out to get it, then spun right around for the tag and just got run over. Um, Odor didn't slide. He, he kind of just ran through. Um, and, and it didn't seem like there was any malintent on that at all, but it left... The way he spun around uh, and kind of was lower than Odor left Travis vulnerable and exposed, um, and he was diagnosed with a concussion. He did take it bad after that uh, and did play when Sean Murphy replaced him for that top of the sixth. Uh, but, yeah, he, he's going to be down for at least those seven days, uh, and we'll see how he recovers. Travis, um, scary enough, has experienced a history of uh, concussions dating back to earlier in his career um, when he came up with the Mets. So, um, you know, we, we wish the best for Travis. So uh, it was a really scary play, um, and it happened on kind of one of the weirdest plays you'll ever see in terms of the scoring ruling. But, uh, yeah, we wish the best for Travis because you never want to see that, and uh, that was really, really scary. Uh, what about Max Freed? Yeah, Max Freed says he's doing well, doing better. Now, the Braves are more concerned with how he can cover first and uh, field the position, you know, running off the mound, things like that. 
than they are with the actual pitching because this is a left hamstring strain. And Max doesn't know when he'll get to covering first and fielding the position when he's going to be doing those types of baseball activities. He's been able to keep his arm going, but he doesn't have any timetables, doesn't know if he'll be um, able to return when eligible on the 16th um, in Kansas City, doesn't know when he'll field this position, as I said. So right now the update is he's progressing really well, but not putting a timetable on anything. All right, so let's go ahead and get to the questions. Uh, this is the Ask Justin segment where we answer Braves fans' questions on Twitter at Justin C. Toscano. First up, and I kid you not, this is his uh, handle. Friendly Neighborhood Slutterman. Oh, my God. Uh, is that is that <laughs> if, a deep, deep ref to Thursday? If you know, you know, I guess. Uh, I, <laughs> I, they created an account for everything. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so his question is, do you think that the one through three in the lineup will change at all this season, barring no injuries? Um, if everybody's hitting, no. I mean, I think it would take a sl- a bit bad slump from Olsen or Riley uh, to change it. Acuna profiles your perfect leadoff guy. Even if he's not mashing the ball, his speed creates issues um, and his aggressiveness creates issues for you or for other teams at the top of the lineup. We saw Snit drop Olsen or drop Riley if they were, you know, slumping last year. Notably, Olsen, I think, was fourth or fifth, if I'm remembering correctly, at least anecdotally. I didn't look that up. But uh, I think, you know, he could drop one of those two. But honestly, if they're going to hit anywhere near where the Braves expect, I would expect him to be up there for most of the year. I mean, if Albies hits really well, he could go up there. If Harris hits really well, he could go up there. I mean, Snit's shown the willingness to to put the hot hands up there, but I just think this is working so well that I wouldn't expect any other top three for an extended period of time, especially because any one of those guys can change the game with a swing, um, and you kind of want to roll with your best guys up there. All right, next up from Large Lauren, we do have a lot of questions about the lineup. Do you think that either Michael Harris the second or someone else will eventually move into the two spot in the order so Olsen can hit cleanup? Maybe, but I mean... I don't know. There's two ways of viewing it. Cleanup, there's more guys on base. Hitting second, you get more at-bats. It's really what the Braves prioritize. Right now, I think Olsen hitting second's working really well because Acuna's been getting on base a lot. If, you know, maybe Harris starts hitting better, you know, you still have Riley hitting, maybe they try Olsen in the cleanup. But I do think that right now, I think it, it's working well because the Braves have started struck first a lot, whether it's Olsen or Riley driving in Acuna um, or driving in one or the other. I just think that the way Olsen's using the whole field, the way he can put the ball at the ballpark, I mean, I, I do, I don't know if you want that fourth. I think it it almost plays better second. I mean, it is, I don't know. I think there's two schools of, of thinking about it, um, but I do think it's working really well to have Olsen hitting second right now, uh, just because Acuna is such a threat on the bases that, you know, having a big stick right behind him you know, if he gets on base, still second, it's going to get your run. All right. We're going to let uh, Anna Huff-Stutler speak for several, several, several dozen people in your mentions. What will it take to remove Ozuna from the roster? Any chance we can throw him in as a trade deal later this season? I don't know. I mean, I think the only chance he's traded is if, A, the Braves, if it's a trade that is skewed very far against the Braves, and they have to eat some of the contract and everything, and maybe they include a prospect or a player, or B, if he does somewhat remotely well down the stretch, you know, closer to the deadline, and they can just offload him for some of those same conditions I answered in A. 
I don't know. It's tough, right? There's 37 million reasons why he's on the roster. I think they've just shown the willingness to to let him get up there. They're going to see if he's going to figure it out. Now, it hasn't hurt them too badly to this point because they have such a stacked team, but who knows? I mean, will they be willing to take the plunge if after a month or so or two, like if he's not hitting, are they going to take the plunge and be like, all right, we're just going to release him or, you know, we'll pay him or maybe they can trade him and say, we'll pay most of this contract and just trade him for nothing or, you know, just release him outright. I, I don't know. I mean, it's a lot to release a guy like that when he can still run into a ball here and there. But even Brian Snicker, who, you know, is very quick to protect his players and, you know, didn't go out on the limb and say anything bad about Marcelo Zuna. But he said after Friday's game, like, look, yeah, we want to see more consistency, driving the ball, using the whole field. It really like he is literally feast or famine. As we sit here, at least after Friday night, it was Marcelo Zuna and AJ Pollock is the only two players in baseball with multiple hits that were both home runs uh, and no other hits. And so Zuna is literally feast or famine right now. I don't know. I mean, I just don't think with what's happened with him off the field, has he done enough on the field for another organization to really like want him? I mean, you would have to almost pay his whole salary, I would think. And obviously Alex Anthopoulos does a great job and always has a lot up his sleeve in terms of things he can do. And there's probably things they've thought about that I haven't even mentioned in the last two minutes. But I mean... There's a clear reason he's on the roster, and it's because of salary. They've clearly been letting him figure it out and giving him some run to see if he can. Um, and I guess we'll see. I think there's, you know, always a chance that they would, you know, pull the plug because I think they've shown here that they're going to win above all else. But that idea of, man, you're, you're not going to get anything from the $37 million, you know, anything more that that's tough because how much did you really get from him if you release him in a month or two? Uh, I, I just don't think they'd be super willing to do that just based on how the Braves operate. But if he's just becoming a dead roster spot and ruining your flexibility with that, as he kind of has been, I, I think they would think about it or find a way to, to trade him and pay off half of it or just something so they don't have to eat all of it. All right, next up from uh, Andrew Blaylock. Are Snit and AA on the same page regarding Murphy's usage? How much input does AA have on playing time? That's, of course, Alex Anthopoulos. Yeah, I mean, I think in the modern-day game, front offices maybe make suggestions. A lot of times you honestly hear, like, I, I remember Joe Madden said on one of the athletics podcasts, I think, one time, or maybe it was a story they wrote, that he basically was getting to the point where analytics guys were controlling it all and yada, yada, yada. Like you hear that gripe from managers publicly, honestly, like you do. Um, and I think that the Braves front office has some, you know, significant input, but I don't think it's something where Alex Anthopoulos is saying, play this guy here, play this guy there, play this guy there. I think it's more like trying to be in conjunction with, Hey, here's what's best for the team. Here's what we're seeing, you know, in the front office, here's what we think. Is this possible? Can we figure? And I think it's more of like a, a back and forth push pull. Um, and that's not to say they don't have a great relationship. Obviously, like they do. And, and Alex has extended snit, you know, multiple times and things like that. But I just think that, yeah, like the front office in the modern day game has more input than it ever has. That's just a fact. But I mean, I don't think he, you know, the front office doesn't make the Braves lineup. That's still up to Snit with, you know, some input and probably some suggestions. That's my read on it. But I, 
you know, I'm not in there every day, so I, I wouldn't know for sure. But my read is that there probably is some, you know, some talk, some suggestions, some like, hey, here's this, here's what we're thinking. Is this possible? You know, but I think it's the final call. I think for a lot of these things is is up to Snit. And but in terms of playing time, the split for those two, it's something that the front office and Snit would have talked about. And you know, they they kind of go back and forth on those things, and they tell him what kind of what what they're saying or what they want, and and he you know back and forth. All right, now let's move on to some pitching questions, and we'll start with friend of the podcast, Spicy Chicken Nugget. Do you think we'll see Jared Schuster again this season in the bigs or does he stay down in AAA now since they got two good looks at him and it seems like he needs a little more time? Yeah, it seems like he needs a little more time. Um, you know, I still a small sample. I mean, you get performance is king at this point. So they got two good looks at him against one bad lineup, one good lineup, kind of the same results, honestly. Actually, the bad lineup almost was better against him if you just – Think about that first inning. I think we'll see him again, though. I don't really, because I don't really think anyone's going to jump him. I mean, I could see Darius Fines, if healthy, uh, making a start if they needed it um, and they were in a crunch. But I think Jared Schuster is a guy who looked like he settled in both times. Were the starts good? No. But did he kill them? No. Like the offense could have overcome both of them. He kept them in the game, uh, got it to the bullpen, which did a good job. So I, I honestly think we'll see him again. All right, next one from the letter J, not not yours truly, but another guy with the letter J. Obviously, this is too far away to know for sure. Just a thought exercise is who you think ends up as the Braves' four starting pitchers for a playoff run right now. Oh, man. Max Freed, Spencer Strider. I just, it's hard to pick against Kyle Wright and Charlie Morton. So, I mean, I, I don't want guys to be injured. And it's just hard to project, and I hate predicting injuries or anything else. I, but I, I think, yeah, I think right now, like, you go with the veterans. I think you go Max Freed, obviously, you know, Spencer Strider's going to be there. And then I, I would go Kyle Wright and Charlie Morton. Like, I don't think Kyle or Charlie drop off enough to not be considered for that. Um, but, hey, if Dylan Dodd looks really, really, really good, you could see them, you know, I think you could see them go with Dylan. Move on to the bullpen now from Slesko With the bullpen finding itself somewhat thin, Will Jesse be used in more high leverage situations until depth returns? Yeah, I think you saw that really against the Cardinals when they needed the final out and it was still like the game wasn't completely in hand. You know, they had a decently padded lead, but not like it was a blowout um, and he had to get the final out. And I think you saw them last year use Jesse in like the ninth inning, 10th inning, things like that. Um, I don't think he's going to get the seventh or the eighth, but like, I mean, if guys are down, he, he could, but I just, I still think they're going to try to use Jesse for some situations, but they'll mix and match based on night. So they have Nick Anderson for one night, AJ, you know, Joe Jimenez for another, like they've been doing with AJ Minter as the closer if they can, but they've had, you know, Joe Jimenez for one night, Nick Anderson for one night, Lucas Litke for one, you know, they've, they've mixed and matched it enough where they don't have to put Jesse in like, Hey, go face the top of the order in the eighth inning. I think they would feel comfortable putting him in different leverage spots, but I just don't think he's the main guy right now. I think he's good in that fireman role. Um, or yeah, if the game's, you know, kind of wacky and he needs to to pitch the ninth or something like that because AJ Minter already pitched. I, I mean, I think he could do that and they've shown a willingness to do it. From sports fan, that is sports with a Z and fan with a PH. What's the severity of Ian Anderson's elbow injury? Um, he's, I, last I heard he was just being evaluated. Um, so we don't know yet. Hopefully on the next podcast, we'll have an update for you. 
from Stephen Marsh. It seems like Truist Park is really gaining a name for itself as being loud and a fun environment. Is that how people in the industry view the home of the Bravos? I think so. Yeah. I think it's like I was well, I was talking to Kevin Pilar actually this past week about this. And he said that every time he'd come here, he loved how they built the stadium and it just feels super intimate. And you look like I'm looking down the lines right now, like the fans are completely on top of you, even around like the field, like it doesn't have a huge footprint. And it feels like it's not a band box. It just feels like the noise is just like right around you and it goes straight up and it funnels in. It gets loud. Like it's up there with how Petco Park was last season when the Braves were there, how Dodger Stadium was kind of with the loudest places, honestly, that I've ever been. Uh, Citizens Bank Park, City Field. So it's up there. And I remember when I uh, I had a, one Met tell me after I covered the team, I was kind of, you know, I had one player tell me that like, they noticed that, hey, like people don't really boo the players here. Like you could be struggling and they, they still cheer and they're loud. I just think that that's something that players notice as well. All right, and we'll give Jay Akers 15 the last question. We, he, had, he had several, so we'll condense a couple of these. Is there a reason why Shoemake has only played one game at shortstop at AAA, and what do you make of Vaughn Grissom going 30 at-bats without a strikeout? Yeah, Vaughn's a great bat-to-ball guy. Uh, that was kind of the profile coming up. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I'm, I, I'm surprised at that because that is incredible. It just means that Vaughn's in a really good place, I think. Uh, and it means that he belongs, you know, like – the Braves know like he's good enough to be in the big leagues, but they thought Orlando Arce was better. Orlando Arce is playing well. Braden Shoemake was never going to get the lion's share of starts at short. They need to see more of Von Grissom at shortstop, which is why Braden Shoemake's playing second base. Braden Shoemake's proving ground is in the batter's box. Uh, he needs to show that track record wise, he can improve, you know, in the minors and that his offensive adjustments are real. Um, whereas they, you know, Von Grissom, his proving grounds out at short. He needs to show that he can play there and keep improving defensively. Um, but man, yeah, what a start for Vaughn, the bat to ball. I mean, it's looked really good. And then you hope if you're the Braves that he made those adjustments uh, from last September that, you know, a rough September and kind of applied them. All right. Now what's next and uh, what's next for the Braves is three at home against the Reds this week and then off to Kansas City. Uh, what stands out with these two series competition won't nearly be as stiff. No. Yeah. The Braves, honestly, I think Kansas City because the Braves are coming and it's a weekend could be a nice environment, but honestly, Jay, they, it's tough to say this in baseball, but they should really, and I know it's only early April, but they should really win five of these games. They're just so much more talented than these teams, even as the injuries pile up. All right. Well, while you're here, might as well do our winners of the week segment. So uh, Justin, you first. Yeah. My winner of the week is Orlando Arcia. Was that my last winner of the week? Because Uh, I feel like I I took him, uh, I took him in a couple of places. Yeah. Um, Look, you, you come up, the, the walk-off to end, you know, that great home opener, you come up, you basically prove everybody wrong. It's it's an awesome story. I mean, just the, a show of humility this spring and being like, hey, I'm going to put my head down. Who cares who the other candidates are? He's always said, hey, they're, they're really talented, but, you know, I just tried to do my job, uh, and he's done it. All right, let's go ahead and bring Gabe back in. Gabe, what you got? So I'm going to go with a few people here. <laughs> Winners of the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to go with a few because there's not uh, – too many clear-cut guys besides Orlando, but I really, I've really liked what I've seen from Nick Anderson. I feel like this is a guy who's getting close to the form that you really want him to have, and he could be a huge piece for this bullpen. Yep. I think Sam Hilliard deserves credit. Get it? He's just he's kind of stepped up. He looks like a guy who could you know be a useful bench player for this team. My last guy is actually Vaughn Grissom. Okay, he's had a hit in every game down there. 
He's playing. Look, he doesn't want to be there. Okay, he did not. He did not think that he was going to be there, and you know he's hitting three ninety four so far. He's making the most of this opportunity, and eventually, somehow, some way, a door is going to open. He's going to come back up here and get and get his shot, whatever in whatever role. But I want to just give him credit there because obviously it was not the easiest thing what he went through when he figured that he was going to be the guy, and now he's he's gone down there and he's playing well. So credit to him. Not much left on the bone for me, uh, but I'll take uh, AJ Minner. Five scoreless innings, uh, really kind of stepping up as the Braves' closer and looks just as dominant as he was this time last year. He, You know, when he first came up and we were all anointing him closer of the future and he went through his ups and downs, and once he really got it figured out in 2020, man, he's been one of the best lefties in the majors. All right, so before we uh, wrap it up here, uh, all the stories that we've talked about are in the show notes. Plus, uh, you were here on Thursday night with a nice piece, had a chance to talk to both of the Braves' new voices, Brandon Gordon and uh, the new PA guide, Kevin Krause. Both of those guys, uh, super nice people, take their jobs very seriously, take a lot of pride in what they do. It was awesome being able to do a story on them. And they both plan to be here for a really long time. And it's cool. Both of them grew up Braves fans. Both of them care. Uh, it's just, you know, wishing wishing both of those guys well. All right, so that'll be it for uh, this week. We'll be back with you next Monday, unless uh, major news breaks, Justin and I and or Gabe will uh, we'll pop back in. But please uh, rate, review, follow, share the show. That's how we grow. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. We also, in the show notes, uh, we do have our Braves Report survey up there. So please give us feedback on what you think, and we will definitely take your advice on how we can improve this. But we'll be back again on Monday on the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on.